1: Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
2: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
0: Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in
4: the world.
3: Hey everybody, thanks for clicking in. Welcome to another edition of the I Want Your Flex podcast. Mike Harmon alongside Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer, contributor here to the pod. Dan Beyer uh, hiding out in the Midwest for a couple of days on vacation. Dan will be back later on in the week as we get ready for week eight of the NFL season, which will be a full 16-game slate, no bye weeks. No traveling overseas, none of that stuff. We'll just get after it Thursday night with Tampa and Buffalo. We'll get to that in a minute. But, Bursch, as we we look at the process here coming out of Week 7, the Vikings defeat the 49ers to finish off the week. A lot of hand-wringing, a lot of head-scratching, and really one of the more confusing weeks, I think, in the National Football League.
5: This is uh, one of the wildest weeks, one of the weirdest weeks I think I've, I've really seen of, of, of football and fantasy football, just in general. Uh, you have all these, this wild variation of, of performers who were good, performers who straight up disappeared, uh, guys who were apparently sick and weren't reported on the injury report. That's
3: <laughs> story number one, let's go to B. John Robinson for those that were affected, right? Started in 99% of leagues. And I I know it it affected a matchup. My my partner, Jason Smith, that I do the show with on Fox Sports Radio each weeknight, 7 to 11 Pacific, uh, he, he ended up losing a matchup by less than a point on oh. the final Addison catch, mm-hmm. right? Cramps, everything else, Ugh. the game's essentially done, which it really wasn't because the 49ers still had yeah. a final minute drive that ended with the interception, but Addison catches one more pass that puts it over. Uh yeah, he had Bijan Robinson as one Ugh. of his starters. So <laughs> even just falling forward for 2 yards, you know, his height uh, would have won him the matchup. Instead, you get the six snap zero-touch performance with a later explanation of he was ill
5: it's so weird. And and what's even crazier is to find out later after the fact that he was feeling worse on Saturday night. Right. And to find that out, and I don't know how the Falcons kind of let that information out because that was instantly, I mean, already you're sending red flags out that the NFL kind of needs to take a look into this. And then when you hear like, oh, he actually felt even worse the night before. Uh, Why didn't anybody hear about that? Because there is a lot. There's a. There, the injury report is taken very Very seriously, there's reasons why you hear on a daily basis who is practicing, who is not. When they don't have practice, but they're they're supposed to anyway, you still report who wouldn't have practiced if you if you weren't there. Um Well, it's a much different animal, right? Because
3: five years ago it was, well, fantasy, whatever. And Mm -hmm. while you had an NFL fantasy game and all those arms, to me it was always the hey, it is what it is, right? It's gamesmanship. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you something. Now that you've got yourself in bed with all the gambling yeah. agencies, transparency's <laughs> got to be everything, right? And that's why people are so uh, adamant that they at least get some reasonable explanation. Now, it's not going to get them restitution
5: mm-hmm.
3: for the dollar's bet, yeah. even though the Falcons did end up winning that game again. <laughs> You want to talk about confusion, befuddling kind of game, uh, we, but we're not here to do breakdowns of all the uh, individual games.
5: Don't get me wrong. I do want to point out how the Falcons apparently, like you know, when you're playing an open world video game and you get to where the edge of the map is, even though you can see the like, yeah. there's a horizon, there's this invisible wall uh, that was at the goal line for the Falcons. And in the, in the I watched that half. replay like
3: 97 times of the Ritter fumble, and like I'm still missing. It like where, where's the the pixelation is getting me I don't I don't know but yeah just the cu- curiosity but you know not disclosing the injury and mm-hmm. we've had a lot of questions hell on the Monday night broadcast you had Joe Buck questioning, although backing down a little bit, Mm. but questioning when TJ Hawkinson went down after the big uh, effort, Cam Akers, a 30-yard pass play for those that didn't stay up and watch it. I I could see where maybe you didn't, or or maybe you missed this part of the telecast or in your social media, where Hawkinson eventually goes down and Joe Buck says, well, you know, you could see Kevin O'Connell telling him to go down. Later backtrack a little bit, kind of talking about, hey, he looked like he was he was ailing a bit, so just go down. It stops the clock. Whatever. Either way, it's still a moment of hey, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. So so we get that even in game, uh, in the processing of stuff, and we get a lot of questions uh, that we have about players. Deshaun Watson yeah. factoring hugely in guillotine leagues and fantasy leagues across. Not that you necessarily were starting him with great confidence, but right. let's face it, you had six teams on buys mm-hmm. and some really horrid matchups yeah. for the other quarterbacks that and I don't want to get in trouble because eventually there's going to be players knocking at my door. You call me a jag ahead of weekend. <laughs> but we got middling guys where it's pretty much the who do I have hmm. of this range of 10 guys. Deshaun Watson right now falls into that category of yeah. players, so a lot of question marks. And then the first pass he threw – I immediately lean forward in my seat, going, "Well, that ain't right." <laughs> like that motion looked like there's there's a famous GIF, Ryan. I mean, you're you're in the acting and 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 you dissect the stuff. You love movies like I do. Uh, the the GIF of that guy with the worst little push motion they've ever seen. That's what Deshaun Watson looked like with that first <laughs> throw. I'm like that's not good. And then eventually, it's a head injury. They say is sure. is what rules him out. But I'm like. I don't know that that arms is even close and I know there's a lot of debate about want to and however uh, as it goes but for fantasy owners in week 7 yeah there was a dead roster spot
5: yeah I think uh, one thing that Deshaun Watson did do effectively was prove to people that the reason he was sitting out the last few weeks was valid because uh, he looked absolutely awful when he was playing Mm -hmm. and then he hit the turf hard got cleared from concussion protocol and then did not go back (laughs) into the game Uh, it was another yeah exhibit b in terms of how weird this week was i faced a very weird situation um where quite frankly uh, i in guillotine i had josh dobbs and i had deshaun watson and i had dobbs slotted as my starter and you know what the matchup was good um but uh, before game time, I started to overthink things. I consulted rankings, and every rankings I, ha- I had seen had Watson in, like, the 10-11 range and Dobbs in 16-17. And I'm like, well, you know, the matchup is decent for uh, for Watson, and it turned out to be a pretty—it was a very high-scoring game, so uh, it's not like it was a bad matchup for him, um, but uh, he he very, very— very nearly made me look really stupid (laughs) because he ended up recording 0.2 points and that's only he only had positives because in guillotine uh, there are no negatives for interceptions thrown. Uh, in, in standard leagues he, he finished with like negative 1.8 um, <laughs> so uh, and of course Dobbs finished with 16 and I had to then sweat out the Monday night game like crazy where I needed about 9.6 from KJ Osborne and on his final catch of the game he got up to 9.7 and we celebrated oh, <laughs> I, I do have photos moment. I'll
3: make- Make sure to send uh, to your lovely uh, bride-to-be and yes, everybody else as you celebrated uh, survival for another week. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just going through the slate of games and obviously me being a uh, Chicago honk, uh, one of my own fantasy issues, and I'm sure many had this, for the tight end position, which has been such a uh, problem, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Travis Kelsey's a beast when Taylor Swift is there. Check. We've already done that story a million times. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Mark Andrews and the Baltimore offense. Those kids are going to be some problems Mm -hmm. here, it looks like, going forward. But Andrews, back to form. George Kittle making a couple of big catches. Hawkinson, when not faking, and I I do air quotes, I know this is audio, uh, (laughs) an injury. Uh, They had no answer for him. Yeah. Right? He, he just gashed the 49ers secondary all night long. Um, so y- you've got your usual suspects. Well, I've got Cole Komet thinking, all right, young quarterback, opportunity with Bajan mm-hmm. under center, uh, the aggressiveness one would expect of a defense to try to get after him. So quick dump-offs, yelling hot route. Instead brilliantly against the bad Raiders squad, but what that does have, a uh, Max Crosby that does have a pretty good front uh, against most squads, is that they use Komet as a blocker, which meant he got a big goose egg. Yep. In in the <laughs> column, so I have um like I talk about every week. I've got my three leagues. I've got the the guillotines, and then I've got the best ball. The best ball, McCaffrey mm-hmm. playing tonight uh, on Monday night was a, a huge win for me in that one. Right, keeps yeah. me moving up the yeah, yeah. the standings. I've got my my other league where a, a roster switch did not go through, so the starting of a DK Metcalf mm-hmm. instead of my Jackson Smith and Jigba that worked in one league. Somehow it didn't process on the other. Uh, so I take an L. That's fine. Uh-huh. Still in first place in division. Yeah. We'll uh, hate ourselves for us uh, for it if, it if it comes down to it later. But the Colt Komet squad, as I was relaying to you before we started recording, like I had him, Gabe Davis, and Amari Cooper on the same squad together. Mm-hmm. 5.8 points. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Tyson Bajan needing to play for me because of bye weeks injuries and just the roster setup with the super flex and and big benches so i end up losing so I, i'm still winless in a league i've had every possible set of circumstance from injury to gross ineffectiveness uh or a guy and a game plan which clearly for chicago was brilliant yeah. to pull out a win and some of the measurements in terms of depth of uh throw for Bajant are record-setting and not in a good way. Uh, I'll get to see it live and in in living color on Sunday night against the Chargers. But it it just shows some of these guys and expectations, even for a normal – like, You expect some variation, mm-hmm. but when we start looking at projected points and there's a six and we're getting a zero, yeah, and a guy plays, yeah, and he plays a snap. This is a B. John <laughs> Robinson situation. Right. this is wow, how about you punch me in the face? But you know, <laughs> you know, the Cleveland Indianapolis game, which we could talk about refereeing to a blue in the face, but I mean, suddenly you're, you're looking at a game that goes to 77 points. Mm-hmm. And one of the big stories coming out of there is Jerome Ford, who's now going to miss a couple of weeks because of an injury. So Kareem Hunt, still available in 35% of leagues. And I know we're not doing the deep dive on waivers right now, Birch, but Mm. suddenly you look at Kareem Hunt. uh, Maybe you're going deeper and looking at Pierre Strong as a a second play. They're going up against Seattle.
5: It's a team you can go and and move the ball on. Uh, there is uh, so my aforementioned guillotine uh, league team. Um, you you brought up a couple points yeah. that that relate to why this team was actually able to survive this week despite the point two from Deshaun Watson. Um, as you mentioned with tight ends, it was it was tight end day on Sunday, apparently, and all the tight ends oh, it was ends national to, tight end day. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah it was good. And I, so they, I saw
3: the aggregate of stats. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Not as many touchdowns <laughs> as
5: you would think. Right, right. But, but a lot of catches and a lot of yardage. But thankfully, uh, one of those tight ends that was scoring was Darren Waller. And we've talked about Darren Waller a good amount on this podcast where for the first few games of the season, we were not seeing that, uh, that high level of output that we were anticipating from him. In this in this new offense for him, uh, suddenly you get Terod Taylor under center. And it's working. Uh, I mean, granted, after the Seahawks game, Darren Waller had 11 targets against the Dolphins. And then with Taylor under center, he's had two very uh, solid games. He had five catches for 43 yards against the Bills, which is not great, but in a PPR, it gives gives a solid output. And then, here you go, seven catches on eight targets for 98 yards and a touchdown from Waller. Uh, So, that was very wonderful to see. He helped uh, keep me afloat. But the other reason, and talking about your Bears, is I had the running back one on the week on this guillotine league team, and that, of course, was Deontay Foreman. <laughs> which, so uh, now we
3: all decided it's Deontay after all these years. It's <laughs> kind of like the Terod Taylor. Now, to your, to your point, for Waller, he should be good for you again this coming week. Yep. Jets are second most... Fantasy mm-hmm. points per game against opposing tight ends. Oh, yeah. they, they'll book book end you on the outside when their corners are healthy, mm-hmm. but you'll be able to work over the middle. But yeah, I mean, look at what the Bears were able to do, and and again, it's it's a one game outlier. uh And you've had a I mean, you had a two game run up with, with Fields where the offense was starting to show some signs of life. Mm-hmm. This was uh, uh for me watching it unfold and listening to my friends and colleagues in our media world that are Raiders fans and. And pundits, and we know a lot of folks that have worked around the squad, whatever. It's like watching them lose their minds, expecting that they were going to walk in and just trounce the squad. I'm like, how? Mm. You were starting right. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Devontae Adams is disgruntled. <laughs> Josh Jacobs is running in mud. Like So thinking you were going to come in and bury the Bears just seemed laughable. Mm-hmm. I picked the Bears to win, and I don't do that every week. But it seemed like a spot. It, and, and it worked out. As I thought, but only better. I thought they'd be able to run the ball. I-, I always liked Foreman. You and I have been doing stuff together here on the network a couple of years. Foreman was always a guy I liked in Houston. Couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. And there always seemed to be a, well, we want to try this guy. We always want to do this. And the one thing the Bears did was they played efficiently. Baygent got the ball out quickly and effectively to his targets, using Scott, some trickeration, whatever, end rounds and whatever. But in terms of the ground game, with the extra blocker of Komet, they just played bully ball,
5: mm-hmm.
3: right? The extra added yards after contact for Foreman and for anybody that ran the ball on Sunday, like just violence. Mm-hmm. Like Evans coming in, who that's not his reputation, mm-hmm. but in this particular game, it was a catch of five yards, and I'm going to run through you. Like you take the isolated sound from the the, the parabolic microphone. I mean, that that was good sound for NFL films and for future video games of guys crashing through pads. And it was an attitude that in Chicago, I mean, look, the fields, and thing, folks can start that nonsense as much as they want. But when you saw the way Foreman ran the football, you just smile and say, all right, he's going to get a chance to at least have a workload split. So if you won him on waivers last week, He's probably going to be the guy again against a bad Chargers yeah. run defense. So mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football, beer in hand, might be able to celebrate some more guillotine love.
5: Love it. Let's let's uh, let's roll it back, uh, run it back with Deontay Foreman. Now um, you also mentioned DK Metcalf a little bit ago. Yeah, and um, I have a story about something that happened to me in one of my leagues, and maybe we'll uh, we'll get our first break in here, and then yeah. after the break, I'll share uh, another reason why this week has been just the weirdest week for me in fantasy football.
3: strangest world of fantasy football. Week 17 here. Mike Harmon, Ryan Bershinger. Follow Bersh on Twitter at Ryan Bershinger. Follow me at Swollen Dome. That's on all social media. Uh, More deployment of things to come as the season rolls on uh, make sure you download uh, the and subscribe to the podcast evangelize friends family neighbors you know put the link inside you know trim it off you know print it off put it in a greeting card you're out the greeting card and and a uh, stamp and then you're you're free from all the holiday obligations <laughs> see what I did there. I added value for you, and you've given a gift that runs 365 days a year. More on the I Want Your Flex podcast next.
6: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have
3: hair plugs?
1: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
3: Hey, welcome back. And thanks for listening to us. The I Want Your Flex podcast. Mike and Ryan Bershinger with you here. Recapping the crazy world of week seven in the NFL. I talked about being victimized by a... uh, Well, let's face it, I probably fat-fingered it and didn't hit a proper server, didn't hit submit all the way uh, on your phone traveling about and and trying to take care of business on a Sunday morning. Uh, So DK Metcalf was staring me in the face as I went to check my scores. Birch, you said you had a DK Metcalf encounter uh, in your fantasy world as well.
5: Yeah, so I need to figure out if... If I'm like really at fault here, if I if my confidence turned into cockiness and then led to a loss Ooh. that was fully unavoidable or fully avoidable rather, um, so coming into uh, this game with uh, I will just say it uh, this was this is in a work league here, so it's uh, Ethan Miller who is no longer uh, employed with us at Fox That's Sports right, Radio. Yep. He's gone on to a, a different different job. Um, I was playing him this week in fantasy, and um, I don't think Ethan is paying attention Checking anymore. Checking the league anymore. <laughs> Did he pay his dues at least? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. Um, now, I I know he's not fully paying attention, because when we got to game time on Sunday, he still had both... David Montgomery and Jamar Chase in his starting lineup. <laughs> now, of course, David Montgomery has been ruled out for a while now. Yeah. That's been common knowledge. And Jamar Chase has been ruled out of this week since the NFL schedule was released because the Bengals are on bye this week. So um, I'm looking at his lineup, and he's got two two zeros. And I'm like, okay, this, is, this should be an easy week for me and already in the morning games I've got Darren Waller going off. I had Travis Etienne on Thursday night. I was off to a very strong start. Mm-hmm. And this is a very loaded team. I'm doing well in this league. So I'm like you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Um I also was starting I have my at my receivers. I had Zay Flowers and DK Metcalf because uh, my other receivers on this team are CeeDee Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, Nico Collins, Adam Thielen, who are all on buy. All buy.
3: The <laughs> no. Week 7 buy overload, absolutely. Yes. Which is what I always subscribe to. For those that haven't heard the theory, the only qu- position you got to worry about is quarterback. Draft your best team mm. that you can possibly build, yep. and then if you lose one week because they're all on buy, too damn bad. Yeah. You're dominating the rest of the year.
5: Now, uh, the remainder of my bench here, I have Miles Sanders in my IR slot. Okay. Um and I've got Kareem Hunt and I have both Jared Goff and Deshaun Watson on the bench. Watson was kind of a stash that I threw Mm -hmm. on the bench. Um I figured I started Stafford over Goff. He was the stronger play of the three. Stafford wasn't stellar, but it was still a better play than the other guys. Um but of course I knew that DK Metcalf had this injury situation going into the game questionable multiple tags multiple
3: injuries not to mention uh, a lot of speculation about attitude fit right. etc
5: <laughs> so um now my fault for not prior to the morning games i told myself well i should make a move so that way i've got a contingency plan at receiver mm-hmm. and i didn't and the morning game started that locked in watson uh, goff and kareem hunt on my bench so because of that um, when about noon hits and DK Metcalf is officially ruled out of the game, um, I'm looking at a situation where it's like, well, I could release Miles Sanders, I could put DK into the IR, I could release DeAndre Hopkins. Um, now, both of these guys are, you know, not having stellar seasons, but at the same time, they don't really feel like guys that are fully cuttable. This is a ten-team league, so. Uh, there's there, there's at least a little
3: availability. I mean, yeah. depending on how big the bench is, right. should be at least a little availability.
5: Yeah. There. So I'm looking at this team. I'm looking at my projections. Have it ninety percent. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I am heavily favored to win this game. So I go well. He's got two zeros in his lineup. I've already got some strong numbers here. Mm-hmm. I should just. I'll just, just leave let DK it be, in. <laughs> yeah. like, because I I don't. It's either I cut bait with these guys and do it unnecessarily, because I'm gonna I'm gonna win this game anyway. Ah, so hubris. You know and yeah, the hubris definitely bit me, uh, because he also had Patrick Mahomes, who then okay. proceeded to throw for 404 touchdowns. Um, he had Dallas Goddard, who had five catches, 77 yards Big and a touchdown. Day, yeah. um, Michael Pittman Jr., who had nothing until he caught a 75-yard touchdown pass.
3: Who evidently was still really unhappy with his workload in <laughs> that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye yeah. on that as well. Yeah. Because let's face it,
5: Josh Downs and uh, Gardner Minshew are besties. Yeah, so. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also looking at it like he's got the Dolphins defense. And I'm the streaming defense guy. He's playing the defense against the Eagles. That's not gonna work. <laughs> That's he's not gonna give they give him eleven points. So I end up losing by seven. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, and I'm looking at the the uh, possible replacements. What I would have done was just go to Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was available. All right. <laughs> figure the the easy one replacement to one. there. Yeah. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. I would have won. So, uh, yeah, I think the hubris definitely, uh, definitely is responsible. We've all got for those stories.
3: Or, I mean, you were you were at least working though. So yeah. you, you had the like I had already yeah. finished my work day. I was sitting and I was watching games. Like I'm tired because I get up early to do a <laughs> show on Sunday mornings for FSR. Uh, and and I'd gone back and and I looked at it. I actually made that change in another league because hmm. it would have been the straight mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba. For Metcalf, because yep. he was already yep. on my bench, and I did yep. do it yep. and took a narrow <laughs> loss for it. There you go. <laughs> Stories of uh, hell. All right, talking about hell, um, trying to pick <laughs> up members of the Rams. Last yeah. week, waiver wire, we, we talked about Evans. We did mention all these other, mm-hmm. you know, cast off and uh, returning players, uh, but the expectation was that Zach Evans would be the lead man in Los Angeles mm-hmm. as the Rams prepared to uh, meet with the Steelers well instead he got nothing and (laughs) right off the jump you got Daryl Henderson followed by Royce Freeman and the two of them combined for 30 carries 127 yards and Henderson with the touchdown uh, add one catch for five yards uh, for Henderson as well but yeah Zach Evans who a lot of folks would have spent Probably not a ton Mm -hmm. of free agent acquisition budget dollars, but either way, Kyron Williams had run the ball well enough. Mm -hmm. They'd been effective and mixing and matching the offense to where the expectation was that you'd get some returns. Instead, he doesn't see a carry, and suddenly late free agent pickups—I'm talking Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, morning—Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman become fantasy guys. I mean, Henderson's a guy that we watched play with some success— there in los angeles in the past so i imagine it's now the race to go find him if someone else didn't snake him before kickoff.
5: Yeah, this this situation was just so frustrating to watch through the week because not to, again, make it about my guillotine team. I'll make it about I you. I, I'll, I it's will. It's a therapy session for you and all of America <laughs> and all of the uh, globe, birds. <laughs> I put in not a not a ton of fab, but like uh, an okay, you know, like a, a small but – a, a a decent amount of money where i you know got zach evans and like i regret it um and so just watching this entire situation unfold where and and I, I speak on behalf of the fantasy community here because we all saw this where you look at the rams roster they had one running back left after the two guys got hurt last week and it was also a rookie who got a couple carries in their last game Logic would have dictated, like, uh, they're just going to go to that guy and give him the lion's share and see what happens. But instead, they they not only they bring in Royce Freeman, then they bring in Miles Gaskin out of nowhere, but he wasn't active for this one. Yeah, no,
3: there there was the wild card. <laughs> Hello,
5: <laughs> all right, here's Miles Gaskin, and then they bring back Daryl Henderson, who I. I thought retired. Apparently, Daryl Henderson is 26 years old.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's I'm just saying. it, right? I remember from the 2019 uh, Panini Prism set. I, I've got a stack of his rookie cards sitting alongside my Kyler Murrays and others. But yes, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah just you know it's it's like watching baseball players like that guy's got to be 35 it's like mm. nah, he's 24 yeah <laughs> cuz you you doing your your swing shift podcast mm-hmm. with our guy Bo Benson the mm-hmm. two of you get that on on Apple Podcasts wherever you download uh, grab it to your iHeartRadio Uh, player as well, is um, I mean, you talk about these guys Mm -hmm. getting drafted or starting to come through the process. They're 18 years old and then all of a sudden you see him in the big leagues like, ah, I've heard about that guy forever. How old is he? It's like people do with Bryce Harper, right? right? We heard about him he was so young. It's like, wait, he's only that? Yeah. No, that guy's <laughs> been around forever. So same thing with Daryl Henderson. There you go. Welcome oh, back.
5: God. Yeah, and it was, it was so wild, too, at the end of the, the week last week when Sean McVay is asked about it, and they're, they're like, "Who who's going to be the running back, Sean? And then he just kind of says the four guys that are on the team, and he's like, well, they're there, and doesn't really answer the question. But if you go back and look at – the way that he worded it, he kind of did. He spoke in the order of the depth chart in terms of what it ended up being. Right. Where he first, the first name he said was Daryl Henderson, and he talked about how Daryl Henderson is, is familiar with the team. Uh, we uh, Royce Freeman is looking good. And then um, he he says Zach Evans like almost in a dismissive way where he's just like Zach Evans is, is working on it, and we also have Miles Gaskin. And that's basically and that's exactly what, how it worked yeah. out. Yeah, So um, turns out McVeigh was telling us uh, without straight up telling us what the order was, but I think uh, we all kind of collectively were like, no, we all all of us prioritize Zach Evans on waivers, so he's definitely going to be your guy, right, Sean? Don't. Th- throw Daryl Henderson on us on a Thursday and assume that we're all just going to then scramble for Daryl Henderson, which it turns out, I guess we should have. Because, yeah, he ended up being a running back 15 on the week, which is uh, pretty solid. All right, two quick notes uh, from other
3: games. We, we referenced them briefly. Uh, the Ravens and the offense starting mm-hmm. to click for Munkin, right? Yeah. We look at what Lamar Jackson has with Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers we've talked about a lot here. You, you get some positive returns uh, from Bateman from beckham jr uh, a little bit and then the gus the bus showing up the other side of that detroit's offense absolutely bludgeoned and and jared goff with no david montgomery wondered how much that would affect it now obviously baltimore's a good team uh detroit will come back out with las vegas on monday night football any
5: pause in any of those offensive weapons coming off of that game or is it a blip on the radar bursh um, in terms of the Lions, I think that they are going to bounce back next week, uh, because, uh, because the uh, Vegas Raiders stink. Yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much. And and you've got Goff at home and, and Goff performs well at home. Um, I, I think that with that, uh, I, I think they will be fine. I think they will bounce back a bit. They just didn't seem to, to have the, the same amount of strength that the line like they have in the in the past few weeks but uh but I think yeah really the the story there is is just how good the Ravens looked uh because this is kind of what we've been waiting to see in terms of uh the the Ravens offense especially for for fantasy value there um Lamar Jackson looked phenomenal and it, it, obviously yeah the the Lions secondary was banged up but um their secondary isn't that great as it is. Uh, their strength on defense comes entirely from their line. And Lamar being able to to, to get away from that line as well as he can uh, and then just find the open guys, it, it worked incredibly well. So uh, I think that that's, that's exciting to see moving forward. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if if this kind of starts... Uh, A uh, the Ravens taking off under this new this Todd Monken offense. I
3: I may or may not have already uh, before he moved to seven to one in the MVP odds. Might might actually have some live work on uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson. All right, 31-17 was the final Chiefs over the Chargers. Chiefs are fun and exciting. We'll get into the waiver wires uh, in just a moment. That has to include a rookie from there. Uh, but Mahomes with this huge effort go to the Chargers, and I'll ask you this, just point blank. And this is where we'll uh, we'll pause after you uh, give this a moment of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you buy Austin Eckler from the person desperate to sell him in your fantasy league right now?
5: Yeah, yeah, I would. I, 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 I bet on the talent there with Eckler. I also, I can't help but uh, value the fact that Austin Eckler really cares about his stats and really cares about. He fantasy cares about production. your fantasy football team. That's for damn sure. But yeah, no, I, I would, I would definitely still, I would still take, take. Uh, Take a good, strong look at Austin Eckler. I I still feel great about Eckler moving forward. Josh Kelly was oddly productive. I think that's his like once a month game. Well, he had the one one carry. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean,
3: it it goes back to the old rule of thumb. It all it all looks great in the box. Wow, seven for seventy five at the forty nine yard sprint. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. Doesn't mean it can't happen (laughs) again. But we have to be uh, smart about these things, you know, in in terms of our our expectations Uh, and. Joshua Palmer is one of the guys we'll find uh, on the other side as we get into our waiver wire pickups for Week 8 of your National Football League. He's Ryan Bershinger. I'm Mike Harmon. You're listening to I Want Your Flex.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more –
4: Terms and conditions apply.
3: All right, Bursch, it's that time. We start scouring the waiver wire. In week eight, that means we're, we're we're dredging for the bottom. It's like uh, you know, a fisherman at the end of a season hoping there's one last <laughs> container that they're going to be able to take to port and get some extra cash to offset some of the maintenance that needs to be done on the boat. So I think we're there a little bit. Quarterback position was pretty thin. When you start looking at it from a percentage basis, right, because you know, there's always going to be the odd league that has you know, QB 12 on the waiver wire because someone decided they hated him. (laughs) Uh, But when you look at percentages overall, you got C.J. Stroud coming out of the bye week uh, as they get ready to roll the offensive line, getting healthier for Houston, really kind of a a, a good time and an opportunity against Carolina, perhaps to make some noise. He's available in a third of leagues, and obviously we know uh, the efficiency with which he's operated early on. Uh, You look at Russell Wilson, everybody kind of groans and grunts when you say his name 13 touchdowns against four picks it ain't got to be pretty they don't have to win games it's just a matter of can he put up some points on the board and right now i'm saying yes now they play kansas city so no picnic but at home and maybe maybe an opportunity that you're getting a little more with Cortland Sutton and some of these other uh operatives there. Not a massive play for week eight, but only owned in about half of leagues, so you take a look. And then Minshew Mania. Yeah. For fantasy, look again. I, I don't need. To, I don't care if he wins the game. Now, did they get screwed by the referees? Sure. Did they get screwed more by the de- guy that decided what the color scheme was going to be for week seven? Hell yeah. Some of the worst uniforms you've ever seen. <laughs> but when you, when you look at, it, he's a guy with no conscience. You're going against New Orleans. Good defense. Good defensive front. They'll get after it. Obviously, got to worry about Lattimore. But he he just keeps winging the ball, right? You've got Moss. You've got Taylor. They're going to get their... Their yards and touches. But if Minshew's also going to take off and run on his own a little bit, especially in the red zone, I don't know. He's only owned an 8% of leagues. <laughs>
5: I mean, it, it it looks like it works. <laughs> like, that's really what it right. comes I mean, down to. Right, Josh Downs. Yeah. you know he's
3: he's available in two thirds of leagues. He's another yeah. way. And look at the numbers he's already put up. Oh yeah, but nobody's trusting it.
5: Right, right, exactly. I I think, like you mentioned earlier, it, it appears that Downs might be his favorite target. Like, like, he seems to be very comfortable throwing to the slot, and and Downs runs the slot very nicely. The uh, Pittman uh, had that gigantic touchdown. If you take that out, he was like one for eight yards. like, like that. Well, <laughs> so. that's just it. Easter <laughs> yeah. famine uh, yeah. certainly
3: comes to play. Uh, at the running back position, you look at Jeff Wilson there in mm. Miami. Pass catcher, obviously, against the Eagles. The offense was bogged down, and you, you didn't really get to see much there. Uh, talked about Gus the bus uh, with Justice Hill there. I mean, it's always going to be a fractured System, you're not seeing as many right. design carries for Lamar Jackson. So I guess that at least helps you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got that. We already talked about Daryl Henderson. We already talked about Kelly. Uh, Taji Spears is one to have on the radar. He's owned in about 40% of leagues. On the off chance that Tennessee does sell off mm-hmm. Derrick Henry this week, coming out of the bye week or, or out, out of week seven, uh, I should say, we're, we're looking at the a game against Atlanta the maddening uh 37 is your over under for that one oh, but uh derrick henry a name that's been brought up a bunch we know a lot of would-be contenders mm-hmm. that need a and they were on bye week i'm not losing my mind
5: okay
3: yeah yeah right because yes. yes. i had multiple right. uh tennessee titans yes. Right, and you had Hopkins that you had yep. to continue. and we already talked about Foreman and, and Kareem Hunt. Those are two the two leaders in yeah. the running back position. I think that's about as deep as it goes.
5: Yeah, yeah. In terms of running backs, it's uh, you're you're going to look for any sort of opportunity. I I I had to start Elijah Mitchell in the league this week, and he he touched the ball one time. In he a geatian league, in the... <laughs> I started
3: uh, Jordan Mason.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Desperation because of <laughs> McCaffrey's potential injury
5: situation. <laughs> we 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 didn't touch on that but just to touch on that really quickly how that was lingering all week as to what christian McCaffrey's status would be and he missed i think he played even on the snap where where elijah mitchell got i think he was in yeah uh, yeah, he was still there so he literally was still in every it didn't It didn't affect him at all.
3: So, Just a a strange world. All right, to the wide receiver position we go. Uh, A couple of names. We already said Downs. Talked about Josh Palmer. He's available at a ton of leagues. Uh, Folks not trusting uh, thus far the secondary options there with the Chargers behind Keenan Allen. Uh, Rasheed Rice Mm -hmm. of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hardman's interesting long-term if you got a really deep bench. They brought him back for a reason, mm-hmm. I would believe, that eventually see the downs. But Rice does a little of that, and you saw a pretty nifty work in the red zone as well. So yeah. that's only going to get you more confidence working with Patrick Mahomes. He's available in about 40% of leagues. Uh, Smith and Jigba had the big game. How much of that is just based on the fact that Metcalf didn't play? I don't know but I'd like to think that you're starting to figure out a role for this guy that right. you put so much stock into. He's available in about 50% of leagues. Uh, and then we go to, uh, do you trust New England? I don't know, hmm. but Kendrick Bourne's putting up numbers. Yeah. yeah. 34, 370, and 3 thus far. Yeah.
5: they got to throw to somebody.
3: Well, <laughs> and, and that's the bottom line, <laughs> yeah. opportunity against uh, the banged-up Dolphins Mm -hmm. coming up this week, Mm -hmm. Uh, a curiosity. Uh, And then two quick guys in the tight end position because, well, let's be whole. Uh, Dalton Schultz, again, going back to Houston, 56% owned as we speak. Uh, Last two games before their bye week, 11 catches on 17 targets, 126 yards on a score. Uh, He has scored in three straight as well. Uh, And then Dalton Kincaid, Mm -hmm. Uh, the word that Dawson Knox is going to miss some time. But you know you're looking at a guy owned in about forty eh, percent of leagues, uh, eight for eight, seventy-five
5: yards, and you need a number two. Yep. Sure as hell ain't Gabe Davis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and looking at tight end, there's there's one name that I I just hate saying. Say it. <sighs> It's Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, check really? your
3: league availability. See where he is out. Yeah, what position he's got. If he's got the tight end, it's there. And Derek Carr stinks.
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: And am I supposed to say that in in the podcast? No, it's I mean, fine. Can I just say I... <laughs> Derek Carr's not good, and he's not making any friends or influencing people in a locker room?
5: We can we can put it this way: There's a reason why Alvin Kamara is suddenly a PPR monster. Like, it's because Derek Carr can seem to really only throw it to the line of scrimmage. And that's what's happening with Taysom Hill as well. The last two weeks, who Taysom Hill, who traditionally has just, he's, he, he's just tight end by, I don't know, we all kind of collectively decided he's a tight end, but he's never really been somebody you throw the ball to. He would just always vulture carries. Yeah. The last two weeks, uh, eight targets against the Texans, five targets against the Jaguars. Hey, he's with 49 yards and 50 yards, respectively, and throw in the fact that he's still involved in the running game. He had five rushes for 18 and a touchdown on the ground, so... Uh, Yeah, if Derek Carr continues to uh, just throw the ball at the line, yeah, there is absolutely value, especially in PPR for for Taysom Hill.
3: There it is, week eight, you
5: broke the seal. (laughs) Oh, nice. He's Ryan Bershinger. I'm Mike Carbon
3: at Ryan Bershinger, where you find him. Also, the Swing Shift podcast, the Requiem to a Season Loss for the Dodgers is up. I think they did a musical number mixed therein. Uh, and then, obviously, find me over at Swollen Dome. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hit us up uh, on social media. Let us know what you think, what you're looking for uh, in your content as we go forward, and if you have any questions uh, tales of woe or tales of glee uh, from your fantasy leagues we'd love to hear them as well Uh, we'll be back as the week goes on starting to preview week eight of your national football league thanks for listening we'll see you next time i watch your flags